Oh my god, they're not breathing! Does anyone know CPR? Tuned into LA on Lock Radio, bringing you all the newest and exclusive underground music from Los Angeles to any other city around it. Let's go! Log in now. crazy city because you know we got a lot of violence and all that but it's a lot of love in the city so i mean i wouldn't want to be from no other place but the, you know what i'm saying
How did that come about? You're, you're not even being an artist, just the influence of loving music. Yeah, I mean, uh, my whole family did music. Nobody ever took it serious to like go in the, in the recording studio. But my whole family, my mama used to sing lead in church. My auntie sung lead in church. Um, my uncle played the piano in church. Like the whole family, my cousins, brothers, everybody did music. But I'm the only one who really took it from like just doing locally and really just got in the studio and actually made music. So yeah, my family, uh, my state, uh, I just fell in love with music at a young age anyway. Like um, I was influenced by the Temptations more than anything when I was a kid. And then I was influenced by like Tupac. And then it was like the high boys. And when I once I seen the high boys and once I seen juvenile, I ain't had no other dream in my life but to do music. I noticed that. I, I, I hear that style in you. You like uh, getting that the people crowd, uh, hype. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like getting that crowd interaction and, and juvenile. And we all know the high boys. That was their their main thing. You know what I'm saying? You got a kid, Wheezy, who's 11 years old, 12 years old, getting the crowd pumped up. Like, that's not normal, but because... The music was so influential. They right. Didn't see your age, you know what I'm saying? So, what what made you decide to to start pushing out music? Like, what was your the driving force of saying, you know what, I want to go into the recording studio? Because you said it was in your household, but why did you decide, hey, I want to go to the recording studio? I want to try this out. I want to see, you know, what I sound like recording me. Was there someone who was pushing you, or was that all you? It was all me, um, like I say, when I see is it's really juke. Like when I seen Cash Money, like it's all it's all it took. So I I was recording music before I ever been to a music studio, a real studio. Like I used to record on the boombox. I used to have to put the paper in the tape and, and press record on the one and, and line the other one up with the other one like that. That's how I first started recording. I used to, I used to sell tapes. And people was buying tapes with no mix, no master, just fresh vocals. Me talking to a microphone on a boombox, but I actually was convincing people to buy it. Like they really was, but I was trying to give it away. They was like, "Nah, we gonna buy it." I'm like, "Dang, that's crazy!" So I ended up giving me like a little laptop when I was like in 2001, 2002. I got like a little laptop, and I bought the little mic to go with it and start recording myself. It wasn't till like 2005 or four when I actually was in a real studio really recording but by that time i had already built my own home studio you know what i'm saying so, so, so it was you, sorry my bad go ahead like you good i was our home it was our home base until i was old enough to afford studio time that um would you say that was prepping you though because like most of the when you did when you were able to get into the real studio did you re-record those songs that you recorded before or did you start fresh Started for I just kept going. I ain't never I never been a fan of re-recording nothing. Like I like to start I like to just make something new. Like people hear some songs like, oh let's really redo the other one or go back and nah, let's do some fresh stuff. Like I don't really care for re-recording nothing. Gotcha. So, yeah, it's one of those it, it was there when it happened and Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like once you hear I feel like every artist grow by the minute, by the hour, by the day. So you already grew past what you did a year ago. You you, you got more sharper, more better at what you're doing. If 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 music really your thing, you don't have to keep recycling old nothing. You just come with something new. That's how I feel. Some artists can't do that though. Like 
some not, artists not blessed to be able to come with a new song every single day. So they have to like hold on to a song from three years ago. Like, oh, I'm finna drop this, I'm finna drop this. Man, I would have been dropping this. I don't care. Yeah. That's why, and I feel like that's when it even gets to that point where when a person gets a ghostwriter, you know that they're like, fuck, my schedule's too busy. I can't keep like doing these songs, songs, songs. Song. Yeah. 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 I get it. So let's, let's talk about you being a kid when you were younger. You know what? What was your life like growing up, man? Being in Baton, Baton Rouge, you know what I'm saying? I know it's a tough area regardless of where you live, you know, but I also know there's nice, rich areas too as well. But, you know, what side did you live on and what was it like for you growing up? Man, I grew up in the middle of the hood, Ghost Town, Louisiana. Okay. Uh, I watched my, my one of my friends, my next door neighbor, he got murdered when I was like nine, ten. So... Ever since then, I got shot at when I was like nine. Been getting shot at, so we, we just we just knew how to move. Like we started thugging like a, a young age. Like I'm a full blown gangster. Like I I don't deny that I'm a gangster. I'm a respectable gangster. Though. I'm not no gang banger. I'm a gangster. So yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like we don't we don't run around doing ignorant stuff for clout. We really just real from the streets, and we really stood on ten. So my mama knew. My mama understood. Like this, the life that I, my mama like, my mama raised me right. She didn't raise me to be in the streets. She, I was just in the streets, but I wasn't in the streets doing nothing stupid. I was in the streets because we grew up poor. I had to go out there and make money for my family, so I always been a hustler. So my mama always knew that my son was gonna hustle. So I took my hustle. I got my street smarts together. I took my respect, and I, I respected everyone in the streets, and I was able to, you know make my way through all that, you know, and still come out to be a, a, a gentleman. Like, I'm a man. Like, I'm not no hard-headed heathen or nothing. I'm just a real gangster, for real. You know what I'm saying? Respect it. And, and that's what I meant when I said that introduction about the Southern hospitality. I feel like every one of you guys from the South have it. You know, all the, all the whether it's a rapper or a regular person who just lives out there, I feel like every single one of you, rich, poor, Y'all have that, like that's and that southern hospitality, it, it shows so much kindness and it just shows that you appreciate life that much. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, I got like nineteen dead homeboys yeah. by guns, and I was probably with them when they died, or I just left them, or I was just on the phone with them, or just dropped them off. Like it's like that. So I appreciate every day above, you know, on ground because, man, I'd have been in some tough situations. I. Watch my cousin die in my arms. You know, it's like, it's real, bro. And stuff like that. What, um, how are you able to continue to, because any other rapper with stuff like that, they would make a sad song or make songs that, that talk about, you know, I, I'm tired of life or I'm sad, I'm upset. But you happen to just keep making songs. I read the comments. You, you bring joy to people. You bring nostalgia, that nostalgia feeling to people. You got people uh, excited. You know, they love your songs. It didn't even, it's, you know, you got lap dance as well. You know what I'm saying? You got a lot of songs that are just, it gives people a good-ass vibe. And I don't think I've heard not one song from you that's not a slap. You know what I'm saying? That ain't yeah. people yeah. dancing. So how are you able to channel that 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 hurt? Because you're hurt, bro. I know you're hurt from losing all your homies like that. Yeah. How are you able to channel that and turn it into, you know, a song that's got nothing to do with sad feelings or sad Yeah. Actually, I got a lot of them songs, but I know how to balance it out. 
Right? I would never want to just be known for sad, sad, sad songs. But I also wouldn't want to just be known for turned up songs either. But in the midst of all the pain and all the struggle and all the hurt, I feel like we need something to have fun to. Like, we don't have to be all mad and sad every day of our life. Because even though the hood got terrible things that happen, it got fun things that happen in the hood. Like, a lot of family gatherings, a lot of fun things. I wouldn't take back nothing. If I could bring back my homeboys, of course. But besides that, all the stuff from the hood is like, it ain't all bad. Like, it's some good, it's some good stuff, you know, good memories. So, I just try to make music where we can all just have fun. Like, you got everybody who want to talk about killing people. You got everybody want to talk about the pain. And I know for a fact I'd have been more. I got more pain inside of me than the rappers who rap this stuff. Even half half the experience they had. So, you know, I don't want to get too caught up in oh I'm pain. Oh, I missed the oh pain, pain, pain. Nah, I want to just balance it out. You know what I'm saying? So let's um let's stray away a little bit from the sadness. You know, I still want people to get, you know, more more of a feel for you. So we're 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 in Baton Rouge, man, and and you're walking through on a normal day. Like, what's it like for you just walking through? Because I know now it's different from now that you got some fame. To but then again, you seem like the person that you were like, hey, what before you? If we I don't want to use a real name, you know, but you know before the AD. You seem like that type of person that was really good with people. So, um, if and if I'm wrong, you know, forgive me. But no, you're right. I'm, I'm good. I'm good in every. Still to this day, I I go to Baton Rouge, no security, no homeboys. I don't I don't roll ten deep. I be by myself. So to this day, like I I, I can go walk through any neighborhood to right now, and they're gonna show me love. Like I ain't saying everybody gonna show love, but for the majority, I show love. Like I, I'm not, I'm one of the only rappers. They can go to every single hood in Baton Rouge, and I don't got no smoke with nobody. Okay, so right. I'm glad I'm glad we on to this topic because this is something that I wrote for later on. But you know, now that we're kind of on it, we might as well, I might as well ask it now. Um, I'm an artist. I have I obviously I'm not on on the level you're on yet. But for those people that are on that level, like um, what 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 do you feel about having to check into places? Do you feel like you, cause you are, yeah, you don't, you don't agree with. That? Yeah, not ever checking in nowhere I go in life. Like, why, why the, why um, why these famous white people don't got to check in? Why, uh, you know what I'm saying? Why the Rock don't got to check in? Racist movies. Why don't you press them? Yeah, why Justin Timberlake ain't got to check in? Like, make it make sense to me. Why, you know, it's too many white people that's famous that don't got to check in in cities, but why a rapper got to check in? Like. I'm not checking in nowhere. I'm, I go to LA, chains on. I go to Tennessee. I go everywhere. I'm not never checking. Nobody can. I mean, I would tap in with people from different cities. I would love to tap in, but I'm not checking in with nobody. I'm a grown ass man. I do what I want to do. I don't believe in it. Like, if you want to come to Baton Rouge, bro, feel free to come whenever day, whatever time. Just be safe. That's all I'm going to say. I ain't going to say, oh, I run Baton Rouge. Y'all got to come holler. No, man, not. We'll see because you you're not gonna press the white man to check in. The, the thing about me, yeah, I have face tattoos, but you know what? I, I'm I'm not gang affiliated. I don't I don't push that narrative. So I feel like I I don't know. I'm kind of respectful as a person as well. So I don't ever like have issues whenever I go places. So I know someone like me probably won't have to check in. But I like to think that 
I feel like maybe those artists who do check in is because they talk about committing violence and they talk about being gang members and their music is so violent that it's like it do you do you feel like something like that may cause those people from that area to feel a threat? So when you come to my city, or do you think it's all about chasing clout and because that person It's all about clout. Because I look, I in 2018 I took my whole team to Cali and shot a video with complimentaries. Real bloods. I ain't checking in with nobody. Them, they, they told me pull up. They was like, hey, my people put it together. They told me to pull up to the studio. We pulled up, shot videos. We had fun. I met some bloods. I met some crips. We had a good time. We wasn't no checking in. We had to tell them nothing, nothing. So I do, I do the same thing, bro. When I shoot videos or I do features, I do the same thing. And I'm like, I, I'm blessed that I can just walk around different hoods and nobody mm -hmm. trusts me. So I trip out like on the rappers who who are like mainstream, I feel like, is that even a real thing that people make you check in? And I think it's, I think it's all about who, if it's about how you portray yourself and who, who you connected with or whatever. Like, I feel like it's all about that. Like it's, it's, a, it's a lot of cloud chasing going on right now. So everybody want to be entitled to say they run this or they run it. When in reality, you don't really run nothing because you don't own nothing in the hood. Now I'm not a 10 year old nothing now. You probably don't even own where you're living. You're probably somewhere in a safe condo that you rent anyway. So how you going to tell another man he got to check in in a city that you don't have no equity in? Like, I don't I don't go for that. Like, I go to every city. Like, I, It's love. Love and peace. If I can help you while you're in my city, I, 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 got, I, got a, I got a comedian homeboy named Dooley Funny. And uh, he's he from Baltimore. So he was doing like, a, he loved Baton Rouge. And he was doing like a documentary. On, on a lot of different cities and he wanted to do Baton Rouge. And he called me like, hey, I need to go, I want to go to Baton Rouge to the hood, but I don't want to get shot. What I, what I need to do? I called the, I called the biggest gangster from every hood in Baton Rouge and they all let him come help him shoot his video he was trying to do. Like that's how, that's what I do. I'm not going to tell him nigga you got to check in nowhere. But I, my name whole way in my city. Yeah, my name whole way to my city so I can call a gangster from every single every single section in Baton Rouge and be like, hey, my people finna come through there, y'all, you know, help him out, do what he's trying to do. And, it, and it's all love. Like, they they be calling him regular, like, they know him for real. Like, they all friends now. So it's like... Yeah, it's not no checking in, nothing where we come from. We don't do that. Yeah, and um, I wish that things was like, things that, that happen to these rappers that are getting killed or getting shot, not necessarily because of, getting, of checking in, but just because being in that area, and I feel like um, rappers should be allowed to go wherever they want. They should be safe, but they should also be protected. So how do you feel about celebrities who have, I mean, not even just celebrities. Let's talk about artists for right now who have bodyguards that walk around like that. Do you think that's being too much, or do you feel like that that's like the perfect amount of safety for them? Nah, you need security. Of course, if you if you moving around, you moving around, bro. I feel like this: security is one good thing, but also be generous, be mindful of the places that you go and the predicaments you put yourself in. Like if you go to the club to do a concert and your your show time is eleven forty five, well, you need to be pulling up at eleven forty, going in for eleven forty five, and then when the show set over, you need to be getting about it leaving. You don't need to be hanging around trying to see what's going on, trying to chill, shoot dice in the bank, none of that. Get in, do your show, get out, go to your hotel, stay safe. 
That's how I move. I'm not trying to fuck with no females after the show. I'm not. They they might set you up. They might test somebody your location at the hotel. None of that. It's all about business. Get the money and go. I did three. I did almost three hundred shows in two years. I don't play around like that. Okay. So okay. So when when you already get to to, to the stature that you're at, you're you're looking for artists. You're mm-hmm. looking like all right. I put myself on now. I want to put people on. Maybe that aren't necessarily your homies. Just yeah. Like, no. Nah, I won't. I don't even like the. I don't even want to sign my homies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So how how do you go about something like that? Would you be like, okay, maybe I will stick around the club after or before to hear the opener? Or how do you go about finding new talent if you want to scout? Nah, I, I ain't looking for talent in the club. I ain't going to lie because you got – the club is a place of – it's a scam. So the club – the promoters will let anybody pay them to go rap before the rapper just to make some extra money so – I ain't going to say you won't find talent in the club, but it ain't even built like that. I'd rather see what you're doing as an artist. If I if I, if I I see you keep running across my timeline and I don't even follow you, I'm like, oh, you got some, you got some motion. You know, the way this stuff ran now, you can't push an artist through the club. You got to push an artist on the digital side now. Everything is done on the digital side first. So unless you figure out how to run a digital side, you're going to lose trying to run through the clubs and play the DJ to play your song. It's not going to work no more. So I just, I look at what the artist got on the digital side. I see if I can market them. And then that's how, like, Glorilla. Like, in February, I, I, I DM Glorilla to sign her. Okay. And she was like, fly me out there. We're going to tap in. My bad. I didn't move fast enough. And she ended up. Growing up, but I seen her work on Instagram. That's why I even reached out to her, and that's what she let me know. It's like she been, she been cool. She been fucking rocking with me. She had remade my song and everything. She sent it to me, and we like we built a relationship from there. But just me seeing her doing her thing on Instagram, I knew she was gonna blow. So I called my manager. I'm like, hey, I need to sign this girl. She about to blow up. Her name Glorilla, and it wasn't even three months later, she proved me right that she was gonna blow up. So I look at talent like that. I don't look at talent. Let me cut you off real quick out of respect. Do you think there was, and, and if you if you got to plead the fifth, I get it, because I don't want you to, your labels to get upset. But do you yeah. think by yeah. you mentioning her caused a little stir to be like, ooh, let's go see what, and then, you mean, maybe a, a, a personal algorithm that you created? Because I feel like it's tricky how you brought her up and then to, to high ups, and then she got famous now. When you could have been the one who got her famous, you know what I'm saying? I I don't feel like what I did really did nothing. I cause see, I posted her. I posted a video with two hundred with a hundred thousand dollars, and I was playing her song, rapping in my song, and I said she finna blow. I I posted that in February. Yeah, I posted that in February. Two two almost two months later, when she when she when she made a play the snippet of, of the FNL song, I texted her. I was like, you out of here. So I really, it was the song. It wasn't me. I ain't had nothing to do with it. But I knew it because I felt it in my heart. And I said, you out of there. And like a week later, man, hey, the rest was history. So I smile every time I see Talent recognized talent, bro. So let's, yeah. get back, let's get back to that. Your talent, your business that you've been creating. You you obviously are, are a good businessman. You've made it to where you are. Let's jump to you as a kid. Did you have that business type of savvy? as, Or, or what age did it come to you? Like, when did you know, I, I'm trying to make money, I don't know what it's going to be from, what I'm going to be doing? 
but I know I got to have. It doesn't seem like it just came like that. It felt like it, it's something that you studied and developed throughout the years of life. So when did you take that journey to, to say, you know, I got to get money. I got to make this hustle. I got to do this. Yeah, I, yeah, of course. Um, when I was when I was in elementary, I looked at my mama and told her I'm gonna be a rapper and a gangster. And that was that was the front. That was the that day I let her know I'm a hustler. So we talking about I'm only 32 years old. We talking about in the 90s. I was I was in the streets making money. I ain't gonna say what we was doing, but we was I was getting real money in the streets. And as a kid, to pay the pay the bills, in my mama house. So I already was business minded from that. Just I'm a money, I'm a go getter, I'm a money stacker. So I think it was around 2000 and I want to say 2002. One, my somebody told my mama that I was I was doing drugs with some older cats, and my mama them came fussing to me talking about, oh you doing drugs you. I say, y'all got the story out wrong. <laughs> I might be selling to them older cats, but I ain't doing nothing. So they wonder how I come home with cars at 14, 15 years old. I come home with cars and I got everything. I got stacks of money in the shoeboxes. I just always had to go get the money, you know what I'm saying? So I like to do business fair and square. I don't like to get over. Like I got a couple homeboys. They like to jack people. They like to steal. They like to do. I, I feel like I feel like I want to keep a clean slate and everybody eat. I always had the mentality that everybody got to eat with me. So that's that's just how I always been. Like everybody around me got to eat. So I used to literally, at the age of fifteen, I had people working for me in the streets, and we all ate until some people got greedy, some people started stealing, some people started. I just cut them off, you know what I'm saying? But I literally been getting money since I was nine years old. So so talk to us about how you were able to bring that into this music industry and, and create such a big business and a name for yourself. How um, how different was it from, you know, hustling in the streets? Because a lot of people who came from Jay-Z, Nip, they, they said that the hustle is pretty much kind of the same. Except it's the same. You got it. Yeah. Records and, and uh, streams and stuff. And over here, you're just dealing with, like, you know, regular politics, getting caught up with the police or how to maneuver around it and how much to sell and where to sell, you know, stuff like that. So what was the difference? It's the same. Like you say, uh, I feel like this. Uh, one of my one of my biggest streets when I was in the streets, it was my it was the love I showed. So just say if me and my partner got the same same pack, he got his pack from me. They'll rather come to me than go to him because he he ain't showing love. You know, I'm the one making it's like this. You can win. Yeah, you can win or you, you can win, win, or you can win and you can keep the people happy. Or you can win, win, and don't keep nobody happy, and then you're gonna eventually lose. I was the one who was winning, but keeping the people happy. I might throw you a little extra in. I made my I made my I made my packs bigger than everybody else, everybody else's packs. So everybody would come to me and not go to nobody else. So when I when I run out, everybody like, hey, we ain't, we ain't getting nothing until you get big right. So I just had the streets. I just had, the same way I get I got the streets now with the music is the same way I had the streets when I was hustling. Like make the people happy, you know what I'm saying? They was laughing at me for doing shows for five hundred dollars. Then I ran for five hundred twenty thousand in a year. So it's like I kept the people happy while y'all was laughing. Talking about, oh, I told this, I told this. Keep them happy. Yeah, 
make the people happy. You the thing about music is this, bro. You can make you can be the best rapper in the world. You can you can rap the most lyrical rap you want to rap. And I can come on the song and say something as simple as bow, 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 and make way more money, way more everything than you ever did, all that hard rapping you ever did. But the thing is this. If you can get the people behind you, it's unlimited money and unlimited business you, like places words. you can go. But just yeah. saying bow, 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 that becomes your signature thing where anywhere you go now, if they even hear something like that, they already know HD for president. Yeah. Like so like how McDonald's has I'm loving it. Yeah, yeah. Bow, bow, bow. That's your slogan, bro. They much. just say it now. So you take that and you show and you put you add the love with it. That, that's your product. The bow, bow, bow is the product. That's just like the, the, the dope. That's the dope. That's the that's your, that's the that's the dope you selling. That's bow, bow, bow. Now you got to take the person who's selling it, and now you got to sell yourself to the people. So once you sell yourself to the people, now you got this good ass dope, and you got this. You know, nice artists who who show love and can relate to people. Everybody's gonna want to spin with him. Everybody's gonna go see him. They wanna. That's why I was, you know, able to do what I do. You got some artists who can rap, good, make good songs, but their presence in in person is is horrible, and nobody really want to go. You know, see them or you know anything like that. So it's like all of it go hand in hand. I just had to learn to find my way and see what I I was good at. You know what I'm saying? So. It's basically it's it's really the same thing. Like it's a hustle, and you got to figure out what you want to do, how you want to do it, and what works best for you. Because what works for me might not work for the next artist. You know what I'm saying? Like I used to rap. I used to really rap. I used to rap like Kendrick Lamar, and I could never get my break. But I always had fans. I always had, you know, a, a, a love. But I could never get my break. It took for me to just say something simple. And get rich. Because if you remember back back then in the 90s, we, it used to be where we could stand outside of uh, a, a radio station or whatever. And just like whoever's coming up back, there's, oh, he's got to go out. He's got to, the, the host got to go eat. The host got to go. Yeah, out. yeah, they got to come out there. <laughs> it could be you could rap for him right there on the spot. And bam, now, bro, it's like there's it's so much money involved. They ain't even got time to look at you. Bro. They don't even want to look at you. They gotta take a back way to get. They to gotta go over here. They gotta get out the side door, the bank. Then it, it, it's yeah, it's yeah. it's it's harder, but it's easier because I feel like it was better back then because it wasn't so many rappers. So once a rapper, like if if I would if I would let's say my, I dropped this song in two thousand and one when Romeo and Bow Wow was up the. When Romeo and Bow Wow was was in was 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 hot, it was just Romeo and Bow Wow that you see on everything. Now you got so many artists upload music every single day, you can't keep with everybody. So it's like, but that's better too. Let's talk about this since we're on that topic. Have you ever before you before you had the number one song out there? Have you ever thought like? Oh damn! I wonder what this what this year's song is gonna be the next biggest song. Yeah, you know, yeah, artists, like, yeah. Back with that that Gucci Gucci Louis Louis thing. Remember that song with Crayshaw? And it's like, oh, that's this year's artist. I wonder who next year is gonna be. And then it ended up being LMA with the boot up. You know? What I'm yeah, saying? every year it's that one. It's that one that's gonna carry the year. I had it last year. Glow really had it this year. And I'm, I'm asking. I wanna ask, how does that? How did that feel to finally be that artist that was like, yo, I got that song that people are like, ooh, this is 
the what this New Year's song is all about. It's blessed. It's the biggest blessing I have. That's one of the biggest blessings I ever received in my life. Can't nobody take it away from me. In 2021, I had the hottest record in the world. Yeah. You can you can sum it up how you want to sum it up. You can. I still think it is. Still speculate. 2021, I had the biggest, hottest song in the world on everything. So it's like, it's like the biggest blessing. And like, I watched it from, go from me. And then, like, like I say, go really did it next. Now I'm ready to see who's going to do it next year. Like, somebody, it's going to be a different artist every time. But it's, it's just it's, a blessing it's, to see it. Me and my producer right here at three, we were actually talking about um, there's like six different versions of Touchdown to Cause Hell. So I wanted to ask, um, let's let's talk this, let's talk about the story of Touchdown and Cause Hell and all the remixes. We'll, we'll get to that too. But yeah. Let's let's tell the story about it if we can. How did it come about? All right, so look, now y'all wrong. It's not six different versions of Touchdown and Cause Hell. Check this out. I've been trying to. I can see. I need to. I, I gotta figure out how to say this to the whole world at one time because I have to explain this every time. Can't stop jigging is the original song. Okay. It's not touchdown. The, the original song where the bow 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 come from is called Can't Stop Jigging. Okay. Once I said bow 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 at the beginning of Can't Stop Jigging, it got so popular in the southern region, I just kept saying bow 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 on all the front of my songs. So I made a song that's actually called Bow Bow Bow. And the song went viral with LSU because LSU used it for their theme song. So after I make the song Bow Bow Bow, I actually made a song called Touchdown to Cause Hell. And the producer took the beginning of my Can't Stop Jigging song and slapped it at the beginning of Touchdown. So that's why the Bow 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 and Touchdown to Cause Hell, it came from my old song. All the songs totally different. It just they used the beginning of the song. Have you ever told this story to anybody? Or does I told it a lot of times, but they, it don't never, I don't never tell it like publicly. I don't never tell it publicly. Dang, man. I'm, it's I'm five so different songs, but I just used Bow 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 in all the songs at the beginning. And it, it kind of confused people because when the song went viral, it was picking up Can't Stop Jigging. So I lost like a million, I lost like 1.3 million um, videos because he was saying copyright infringement. It was it was detecting the wrong song, so we had to go in there and fix it, and actually add "bow bow bow" to the name of touchdown. When really touchdown, it was just touchdown. Right. He took the the dun dun dun. He took yeah, that sound out of "Can't Stop Jigging" and made a whole new beat. Got you. Okay. So the original, the one that Glow really wrapped on, is called "Can't Stop Jigging." That's the original. Before all this, that's the first song that blew me up in 2020. I dropped "Can't Stop Jigging." And it took over the whole southern region. And over a year's time, I dropped a song called Band Dance, which I said Bow 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 in. Yeah. Then I dropped the actual Bow 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 song. And I dropped a song called Turn Me Up a Little, where I say Bow Bow Bow. And then I made Touchdown that went viral, super viral. Okay. So it's five different songs. They're not the same song. So can we get a little background on our story, how and what you were going through when you thought of that Bow Bow Bow? Like, what, where did that come from? Well, was it a that's a that you made or? nah. I didn't make that up. This is Louisiana saying like, if you listen to all our old songs, we be like, bow wow bow, but we don't say it in a singing way. You like, bow 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 bow. Yeah, we ain't never say it. Yeah, we ain't never say it like with a tune to it. So I actually added like a tune, and I said it on a, in a key, and it was like, 
when I said it, I was I was, I just be saying random stuff to get my song started. And when I first did it, I took it out the song. I was like, man, you know, you know how when you be re- when you record, you take all the, the first beginning stuff out. Yeah. And I did it, and I was like, hold on, it kind of sound kind of nice in the front of the song. So I, I slid it back in, I'm like bow, bow, bow. I like. Oh no! Let me keep it in there. No, almost. I, 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 I always be saying like, I always say na 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 na. I always say it in the beginning of my song, but I always take it out. Like I say that to get my get my voice together. So that was you actually saying the na 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 part. Yeah, that's me. Oh, I thought that was a sample part because it sounds so different. Like they tweaked it. The engineer tweaked it or did something. I was the engineer. I did it. I recorded it all it. Oh, talk about that then. I didn't. All right, so you're you're not only an artist, you're an engineer. I produced it. I recorded it, and I I rapped it. Where where um when did that knowledge like when did that involvement start coming into you? Where you're like, you know what? I don't just want to re- you know because I know you said you recorded on the on your computer and stuff like that, and it was just very simple. You just recorded on on the computer and you rap on the mic. But when was it that same time that you decided, you know, I want to try to get into these programs? Yeah, uh, in 2004, like I say, once I had a homeboy who was 10 years older than me, so he knew more about studio stuff. He had it. And we used to record on Cubase back in the day, 48, 48 tracks. We used to record on Cubase. That was my favorite program. So um, we started going to the other studios. They was like, they got to convert it over because everybody used Pro Tools. And I'm like, man, I don't want to use no Pro Tools. I like Cubase. I like Cubase. And I'm like, no, just switch over to Pro Tools. Like, no, I don't want to switch over. So we 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 recorded on Cubase for like a whole year after we ordered the Pro Tools. We didn't use it, and then after like a year, we started using Pro Tools. And I started like learning, learning, learning. But I always be wanting my stuff to sound good, good, good. So I wanted to learn how to make it sound good. You know what I'm saying? So I just kept learning. I kept learning. I I, I kept teaching myself. Uh, ordering plugins, ordering new machines, new mics. I, I I invested in studio equipment since I was nine years old. No lie. I used to get keyboards for Christmas. I used to get anything well, you dealing with it yourself. Your family was musically involved, so I'm sure that was a a, a big. Deal. Yeah, my uncle had keyboards and all that. So I well, for Christmas I didn't want no toys. I didn't want no bikes. I stole bikes. Like we, we take niggas bikes. We ain't really worry about getting no bikes. Yeah, we get the bikes for the freebie. You leave that bitch outside, we leave in the house with it and riding back fans house on it. <laughs> so for Christmas, I always wanted like keyboards, computers, microphones, stuff and anything dealing with music, guitars. That's all I ever wanted for Christmas. I, I, I wanna get music stuff for Christmas. I never got no toys, like it's been music, so I, I taught myself how to record. Toy, you know what I'm saying? That was your toy. Yeah, it's my toy. It's my toy. So, yeah, I, um, like I say. The same way, man, when, when my cousins and all that, when they would get video games, like, my mom would give me, like, little drum sets. She'd give me those. Yeah, I had, the, I had the whole drum. I had all it. That's all it is. is because, like, I, I, like, you may think you haven't playing a video game and shit, you having fun, and I'm right here on the drums, that it ain't the same amount of fun. But to the person. Oh, it's the, it's, it's, it's bruh. That's the same amount of fun playing this. You on the video game? I'm having the same amount of fun. So, um, a question that that I got from uh, a lot of the commenters that want me to, you know, they told me prehand on different artists that I interview. They want me to ask this question, so I figure I'll ask it with you because you you've reached the
and I don't really ask nobody this because I, I haven't just I've I've loved everybody that I interviewed, but I feel like you're and not not to make you feel like I'm putting you on a pedestal, but you know you really accomplished some great great things. So the question is, did money add happiness to your life, or did it just uh, make you see that you didn't really need certain things that you got now? Look, I'm gonna tell you like this. Money ain't happening to your life. <laughs> but at the same time, on, on a serious note, money can't make you happy. Like, you still gonna, you still deal with the same struggle, the same problem, the same issues. It's just you don't have financial issues. So, like, money kind of messes things up, too. Because once you get this money, everybody feel like you owe them. Family members, friends, girls, it don't matter. They gonna ask you for money, and then you gonna in your head, if you got a good heart like me, you gonna feel like you do owe everybody. You gonna feel like you supposed to spread your money between every person that you know, and when you don't give it to them, you feel like you did something wrong. In reality, you don't owe nobody. Nothing. So I took a, it took me almost a year to cut out. Every I was I was sending out seventeen thousand five hundred dollars a month on cash out, helping people, never getting no money back. Like, I'm working my butt off, and I'm just issuing out money, 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 money. People who you ain't, who never ask for money in your life, they call and ask for money. Other rappers' mothers asking me for money. Like, this, it was getting crazy. So, I was doing everything for everybody, and I'm like, ain't nobody doing nothing for me. Nobody even believed in my rap career. I've been rapping since I was eight, seven years old, six. Nobody ain't never came to one of my shows, never bought one of my CDs. But now I owe everybody the world, everything. So it kind of got confusing to me. And I, I had to reset myself and, and understand I don't owe nobody. But like I say, that with that money, it comes a lot of problems because now you're a target. They know you got the money. You got the watches. You got the chains. You got the jewelry. Oh, don't wear your jewelry. You, you don't need to wear that. Yes, you do. Because as a rapper, you have to look like you somebody. Like, Nobody want to spend $20,000 to come see somebody who look like he ain't nobody. So you got to step out fresh, dressed, looking nice. Until you get like the Kendrick Lamar on them level, then you know you don't got to, it don't matter no more. But they, everybody got to go through that stage like, they be like, Jay-Z don't wear jewelry. Yeah, Jay-Z be wearing something that you don't even know. It probably costs more than your whole life, but you just don't know it costs it. Like Jay-Z have a black watch on that costs more than a, 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 a Richie Millie. But people don't like to look back when he was rapping with Jazz O. He had all the cherry on. He was chained up. Yeah. Big L, all they did was wear All they did. I got a picture right now in my phone of Jay-Z full of Jerry. So every time somebody tell me why you got to wear Jerry, yeah, with the L, I got the picture in my phone. Like, don't tell me what Jay-Z did. Jay-Z 50-something years old. You know, it was a time when they had to do the same things we doing now. It's a cycle. So it's like... A 50-year-old trying to tell a 30-year-old don't do this, or a 30-year-old trying to tell a 20-year-old don't do that. No, they got they got experience there. Like, like me, I'm 32. I don't like going to the clubs. But, like, I be dealing with, like, young females. They be, like, 21, and they like to go to the club. I can't tell them don't go to the club because it was a time when we was in the club. But now we older, we don't do that. So don't try to make a 20-year-old live a 32-year-old life. You know what I'm saying? He's got to have, he or she, they got to go through their own experience. And they, like you said, we don't all live the same life. So, or we don't, just because something, like you said earlier, just because something worked for you, it doesn't mean it's going to yeah. work for, for the next person. So you got to, yeah, respect. You got to let them go through that. So, um, 
Yeah, so let's let's talk to you about your 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 family. Your your you have siblings. You got. I got uh, my mother, my mama got five kids. My daddy, uh, I got two. I got three sisters on my daddy's side, and uh, uh, I got an older brother. But shit, I don't know him. I ain't never seen him in my life. He ain't my brother for real. But I don't even know. Him. <laughs> you had and, and including the church when you guys would get involved with church, you kind of had an audience already. You know. Yeah, I, I used to. I used to freestyle at church rapping. Okay. I used to rap my pain songs in the church. <laughs> Discover that you wanted to rap instead of just singing or just playing. The- I can't sing. <laughs> <laughs> if I if I knew how to sing, I would not be a rapper. I hate I hate rap. I love I love I love R and B. I love blues. I don't like rap. I get tired of hearing rappers talking about rap stuff. I like to hear Temptations. I like to hear New Edition. Uh, I like Maroon Five. I like Ed Sheeran. I like that. That's what I like. What's that last one you said? Ed Sheeran. Ed Sheeran. Okay, okay. Yeah. I love that type so, of music. That's my vibe. Like I, 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 I stick to the rap because well, I don't stick to the rap. I really do all that singing stuff. But you know, I gotta be a rapper because I'm a you know I'm not a singer. Okay. All right. Pick iPod, because you hold more, you can hold more songs. <laughs> okay, okay, that's a, that's, a, that's a fair one. That's a fair one. But it ain't nothing like the CD era, though. That CD era was the, the dopest era ever. Have it in your pocket, that big Yeah, you got to hold it the very straight way. Remember when they made the anti-skip one? The one that don't, that don't skip oh, yeah, when you move it? You can move around and it doesn't <laughs> jump. Yeah, yeah, I remember that one. That was for, like, people who play sports and shit. Yeah, you be moving around with it. You can run. So, so being an artist uh, before... You know, social media, because you've been doing this for a long time. You said nine years old. So being an artist pre-social media and then being an artist who not only after social media, but you conquered social media as well. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You didn't just got you didn't just get to witness both sides. You you conquered one of the sides. Obviously when you were a kid you couldn't conquer I didn't conquer. You know, that that hurts me to this day. But you you yeah, because you could have changed the world as a young kid. I wanted to change the world as a kid so bad, bro. Like, that was my goal. I wanted to be... Me and Romeo played football together. Okay. So, I... I yeah, we played football together. Okay. So, back then, I I just knew I was going to make it. I just... And I had a record deal. I literally had a deal on the table when I was that young. Like, at 11 years old, I could have... The same dude who signed on Kaya in my neck, my back. The same dude who discovered her. He actually he came and told me like I'm finna sign this I'm finna I'm finna get this girl named Kaya uh signed. Chris Stokes or who was Man, it was a guy, I don't his name was Horace Chester. He I don't know how he was tied in with her, but he came and told me he was like, I got this girl named Kaya. She sing this song called My Neck, My Back. We about to get her a deal. And I'm like, man, you know, you don't know about no record deals. Back then, I had a rap. I had a rap. It was like a circle. Like, we was in the game room, and it was a circle of us, and everybody like, he know how to rap, he know how to rap. I'll be 11 years old. I'm spitting, though. He was like, oh, I got to get you a deal. And I'm like, ain't no way you, you don't know nobody to get no deals. And then I see him on TV. I was like, well, maybe he do. Man. Blowing up. <laughs> man, it was crazy. So so talk about the difference between that, because you, you got to witness both sides before the internet was big to now that the internet was a big thing. 
Um, talk about why you think it was harder back then to get famous as opposed to now. Uh, I feel like well, I know for a fact it's harder now. I mean, it's harder. It was harder back then because you can go viral so fast now, and everybody's staying on phone so much. So if you can do one thing to catch their attention, and the right person reshare or some or repost it, you know, it, it, like right now, Drake can repost anything right now, and it, it'll be viral tomorrow. That's a wrap. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like social media made artists bigger than what they could be. Like, just say if Michael Jackson had Instagram when he was Michael Jackson, and he, you know. He can literally post anybody in Michael Jackson posts. He's gonna go crazy, but they had to really work from ground up back then. Like you had to really put that work in. But it was like it was really better because, like I said once again, you didn't have a hundred thousand artists that's you know going up at the same time. You had to focus on we, we had to focus on whoever was on one hundred six Park top ten and MTV top ten. That's basically the songs that we really gonna know at that point in time. Versus now, every day you can upload your song and then you can have a fan base that easy. So, yeah, so, but I think a lot of artists become extinct fast due to that too because they get a little wave real fast and they don't really build it up from ground up and then it, it dies away. And I feel like a lot of those artists are, and you know, us, us, because I'm on the same boat as you, we started young, so we got to progress as. Yeah, there's some artists who literally like, bro. This is my first song. Ever. First song. <laughs> I, I uploaded. Look at fucking Post Malone. Not put, you know. So yeah, it ain't really. Yeah. White Iverson. He was just literally. That was his only song he ever did. He recorded it, released it, and it fucking blew to the moon, bro. So it's it, crazy, it's the like power of SoundCloud, and it's just, it's one of those. What's your advice for people who think that? Oh, it's that simple because it's really it, it seems that easy. Man, you like you just said, it ain't. It, it, they think you could just go in there, blop, blop, and then everything is going to be easy, bro. It ain't that easy, bro. Like, you really got to do this. Like, you got to really do this. Like, it's like people don't understand the hard work put into this. Like, it's one thing to make a good song. It's another thing to go perform that same song. So it's like you thinking, oh, I can just go in the studio and do this. Nah, they'll eat you alive because... When you get when you get in front of them them, them real people and real fans and the real stages, it ain't the same. Like I do live sets with straight bands, no no uh dubs, no CD playing. I do live sets all the way through with the bands, and I can tell you, like we put in work. We 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 rehearse two to three times a week before we hit the road and do them. And you got these artists now; they go they go go viral. And they just put the mic in their hand and be trying to rap, and you see they can't even rap the words with the song. The and they vocals in the back, yeah, they're not syncing in with their own vocals. It's like not to talk down on Ice Spice, cause yeah, I, I'm a fan like of everybody winning. But I seen one of her shows in Houston, and it was like they was looking around like, "What is this?" And I was like, "Somebody should have had her." Like, 
right now. I got. I'm in my studio right now upstairs. But downstairs, I got a whole live setup, and I've been doing this for a long time. And I still rehearse my songs before I go on the road. Because I, I love, I love. I used to perform on the couch with a remote control. So to this day, I still find myself grabbing the remote control and walking through the house rapping. And then I just go plug into my real live setup downstairs, and I practice my music because I want to be on key. Like I don't know if y'all noticed. That key I hit on that touch down the cause hell is a high key. When I say touch down the cause hell, hell yeah. everybody can't say that. So when I be doing them shows, I have to hit that key live. Every night, straining your voice. So did you, <laughs> did you have to sign yourself up for work, uh, vocal classes as well for stuff like that? Or nah, I just taught myself how to. I taught myself how to hold a key. Okay. That's the. I tell people. You don't have you don't know you got you don't have to know how to sing, you got to learn how to hold keys. So, I write for I write for female artists and I write for I write singing music for females and males, and I sing the song. I don't write I don't write with a pen. I write in my head. So when I when I make these songs, it's fresh off the head. So I record the songs, then I send the reference tracks over to the artists that that sing the song, and they be like, "Dude, you sound good singing this song." I'm like, "Nah, I can't sing. I just gotta hold a key." Like, you know what I'm saying? I just taught myself how to hold keys. That's what I do. Like, I go in the studio some days. I re- I, re- I, I, I redo, uh, I do covers to Ed Sheeran. Uh, I do recovers to Marvin Gaye's song. I, I cover all these people's songs to practice my voice. Like, I do Usher, Life Jennings. I, re- I got I to cover to almost all the hottest songs ever made because I like to practice my my voice. Like, the, the Penguins, uh... The Temptations, I do all that, like Earth Angel by the Penguins came out like in 1950. I'll be recording that song. I, I record that song like every two months. Okay. Earth Angel. Earth what, Angel. What is the reason for that? What is that to do? To, to remind you, or what, what does that do for you? Uh, It's like, it's, like they, 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 it's some of my favorite songs. So okay. I feel like as an artist, if you want to, if you want to advance your voice, you got to practice with your voice. So I go in there and I set up my studio and I, I play the Earth Angel instrumental and I record it. Then I come back and I listen like I could have did this better, I could have did that better. And I go re-record it again. Oh, okay. yeah. And I really work on my voice. So like it's it's like right now, like I got a song called uh Step with My Thugs. It's based off of Best of My Love from the Emotions. So it came out in the 70s, 78. I do this song live with a band. And after I record, after I finish rapping, best, step with my thugs, we perform "Best of My Love," and I be singing the song right along with the with the with the lead singer, a female singer, and we be whoa whoa, you got the best of my love. But I had to study that, like I like you going down key, it sounds crazy. You got to go in on key. So I, I I record "Best of My Love" all the time, just to you know. You're right, because if, if you're if you sing it on point, you're you're a performer. You're a performer. If you're doing it off key, you're just doing karaoke. You, you know? just yeah yeah. yeah. <laughs> I go in there on key. Like you, you got to think about it. I, I go from I go from hardcore rapping, turned up songs to performing. Best of my love, and then I got I got another like slow song that I, I be rapping. I mean I be singing. So I'm I'm switching I'm switching keys every single song. So I gotta get right with the key. I gotta, I gotta come down, go up, come down. I gotta, you know, it, it, it is live. 
It ain't like you going over three times to get the key right. No, I got to go straight into it. Straight from bow, bow, bow to whoa, whoa, whoa. You got the best of my love. It ain't easy, bro. So, so stuff like that. You did you look up tutorials, or you were able to figure out how to uh, practice, how to like have your own voice do it? It just I know you you go out, you re-record the songs that you hear, and then you keep going through it, and then if, uh, you go through that. But really, like you didn't get no like like vocal lessons or no nothing. I got God. <laughs> Man, God bless me. God bless me in ways that I can't even explain on this live, on this, on this, on this recording. Because you, if 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 you was ever sit in the studio with me and see what I really do, you'll be like, bro, this dude a genius. Like, I, I no lie, my my uh my people from three hundred ENT, they he, they're my people. Like, I, I we rock we rock with my partner D over there. Uh, they got this group called One More. They popping right now, like it's like it's like five lick, four lick, uh, lick boys. They're like 16, 13 and stuff like that. They got this song called "Every Every 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 Pretty Girl in the City." Like it's going crazy right now. And he's, hey, you, you see what you did for Glorilla, so you know what I'm saying we gonna take your word for it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> hey, they are, they are. Yeah, so he sent me the record. He sent me the record to, to do because I, I did it. I did a few more records for him before, and he be telling everybody like, hey. This dude really talented. They caught up in the ball, ball, ball stuff, and he way more than that. He really, he really talented. So he sent me over the record to do. I listened to the record. I was like, I already know this song from, from Instagram. I be already playing this song. And within twenty minutes, I had the song sent back to him. He texts my phone. He said, "Bro, you a genius." And like, I really just, you know, what I'm saying, I like, I be doing music. So they singers. I'm not a singer, but I'm on they song singing. I'm singing ad libs and all, and they when they mix the song, now they kept all my ad libs. They get, I'm like, bro, like, you made somebody say, is that Chris Brown on that song? I say, bro, it's me. Like they're like, ain't no way, because I got a, it's like on the song, I got a note where I go real high, and you, if how they got it mixed, it sound like some Chris Brown stuff, and they actually like, is that Chris Brown? I'm like, nah, it's me. <laughs> it don't sound nothing like Chris Brown. It's just the vibes be so good with me. So, all right, so this question that I got, I'm asking next, it's like a two-part question. Mm -hmm. um, is there an artist who has passed away that you would want to work with, bring them back, and then name the artist who's alive right now that you haven't worked with that you would want to work with? Of course it's artists. A lot of artists that passed away, but I'm going to say one specifically. Yeah, one, one, yeah. Um, Soldier Slim, that's my favorite artist. Uh, him and Soldier Slim and Juvenile are my two favorite artists of all I time. That in an interview. Yeah, it's never gonna change. Yeah. It's never gonna change. Soldier Slim Juvenile. That's the reason why I am who I am. That's why I keep it so real with everybody. My integrity, my my, my everything comes from Soldier Slim and Juvenile, bro. So if I could ever I'm cool with his son, but yeah. Like when Soldier Slim died, I cried. Yeah. I had I, I took me a, I took me a trip to New Orleans the night he died. Because I'm from Baton Rouge, so we like an hour away. So I, I took a trip the night he died, I took a trip. Just all through third, seventeen, all around the uh, all around the city. We just rolled and we just you know thought about it and reminisced because that was like my favorite favorite rapper. Like, I mean, you, you gotta you gotta it was it was right at, it was right at Thanksgiving time. I'm thirteen years old and my favorite rapper in the world. 
you know, it hurt it. I ain't gonna lie, it hurt it. But I mean, yeah, if, if I could if I could bring a rapper back to do a song with, it'd be him. A rapper that's alive that I would like to work with. Oh uh, man, I ain't gonna lie, bro. Drake. <laughs> Drake a little baby. Like I like Lil Baby a lot. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, because that's the only way me and my brother have become I mean, other than hard work, the only way we've become successful was manifesting and, and saying what we want and putting it out there and then doing the hard work to show the commitment and talent. Yeah, and yeah. That, oh, I believe in I believe in manifesting because see look it's crazy. I posted on Instagram I posted on Instagram I said I finna had the biggest song of twenty twenty one. I posted it in February. Okay. Months later <laughs> the rest was history, and I and I had to remember. I, I screenshotted it that day because I was like, y'all remember this post now. So you know, I speak it into existence. You know what I'm saying? And the rest was history. So right now, I got this song where I want I want Drake on the song. So I keep on saying, wait on the Drake vocals to come in. <laughs> now, now let me ask you this because, bro, this is from a fan's perspective, from the other side of the screen. How? Difficult do you think that might be to, because you're already up there like Drake should be wanting a feature from you. You know what I'm saying? So if like, you you would think that, but it ain't like that. Nah, damn. I see I, I was I was with Drake about a few weeks ago and all I did I just spoke and, and dapped him up. I ain't say that not the way like hey, let's do a song. I'm not I feel like with all honesty, I feel like as an artist, I gotta do more. I gotta put in more work. I can't just walk up to Drake and be like, Hey, I want you on this record. I got to show Drake that I'm worth doing a record with. You know what I'm saying? Like It's like it's so far away, but it's so close to. Right. Because with the right connection and the right people. the number one song, but that's still not enough. I love that that, mind, that mindset. Yeah, yeah. I don't walk into no room thinking like I, I, somebody supposed to owe me or you know, I, I feel like I got to put that work in. I got to show what I'm worth. And once I do that, everything will come in place. So I don't know if y'all know Kuda Love. I used to run with Biggie back in the day and Mace and Nelly. But he part of my new team and he connected across the industry. So a lot of stuff can happen. You know, Wayne, Wayne, whatever Wayne say, you know, Drake with it. So you guys can get connected with Weezy and get him to- Man, look, that's a, that's a, that's another artist who I would love to work. Like, I always wanted to do a song with Wayne. Like, I love the whole Cash Money, Young Money. I love all of this. So... Like I say, I just gotta put that work in. I, I can't, I can't, I can't get too caught up in how big my song was. Let's talk about this. You're a young dude seeing Cash Money, Lil Wayne from the same area as you, bro. Like saying, one day I'm gonna get there. What, what was it like your first time listening to yourself on 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 the radio? You know, you you passed the TikTok. I'm sure you know. I don't want to bring up TikTok because I'm sure everybody talks to you about the TikTok. Yeah, yeah. I want to talk about. Your first time listening to the radio, whatever you were doing, and you heard your song, and you were like, wow, a young and well, made it. I did what Wayne did, bro. Yeah. See, look, my first time hearing myself on the radio was some years ago, because I, like I said, I had a local name. Okay. So I was on the radio already. I had, but it was, I wasn't on the radio for real. Like, it was like a person who knew a person, we're going to get your song played this one little time type thing. But, like, before I went viral, in Louisiana, I had took over. I had four, five songs on radio at the same time. So this was in 2020. 
in 2020, I was when I heard it, like I had freshly I, I, I made this song called Can't Stop Jigging. I made the song because of Kobe Bryant. Like all this, everything you see right now is all this because of Kobe. All of it because of Kobe. I swear, like, I, I no lie, look, like, you can see it right here on my wall. Like, him and, him and Gigi watch over me at all times. So, when Kobe died, I called my brother. I was like, man, I gotta leave my legacy. I'm like, bro, I gotta leave my legacy. Kobe, like, the greatest, one of the greatest, like, I never thought Kobe Bryant could die. Right. You know what I'm saying? So in my mind, I'm like, bro, I got to I got to I've been rapping all these years. It's time for me to make my mark on this in this world. Like I can't leave this earth without making my mark. And then I took that motivation. I made a song called "Rest in Peace to Kobe." And this, the, 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 that was the last song I made before I made my first hit record. The next record I made was a hit, and it took over the whole Louisiana. And I never looked back from there. So. Hearing it on the radio, I was like, I'm really on the radio for real. Like, it's crazy. And I was so, I'm just, like, it, I don't know what it is about hearing myself on the radio. It feels more better than, like, seeing a TikTok or Instagram. Like, the radio feels more better than me. I don't know why. I just like to hear myself on the radio. We grew up before that. Yeah, that's our era. That's our era. That's how you knew you was a shit. You in the car listening to yourself on the radio. You know? Yeah, if you hear, if you. You remember on Temptations when they when they heard their song on the radio? Like yeah. that's how you knew the back bus. then. Like the bus. Yeah, they heard the song and it was like that's how you knew oh we oh we was lit. Yeah. So that radio, it always feel better. Like seeing like Gabriel Union do the song and all that's I love it. But it's something about when I hit on it. And I'ma tell you when it really hit me for real though. Like the five song I had four songs on the radio in Louisiana. In, in Mississippi or whatever, okay. but when the song went viral and I went to LA, when I touched down in LA, the cars passing by was playing my song on the radio. It was the radio station, and I'm like, "Bro, we in LA!" Like, I was probably one of them cars. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, "Dog, oh, love that song out here, dude," and it's crazy because like. I can literally tell you, bro, I can't go to not one club and that song don't get played like three, four times. You know what I'm saying? And it's it's just crazy, crazy, bro. I love it, bro. I love it. Like, I interview you with three said I can interview you. And it, it was just, it, it's, it's such a wonderful thing, bro, to see somebody who really came from, from, from like having nothing. And, and I came from nothing. I, I came from nothing. Like, man, I came from nothing. Like, we used to live in a house with no lights and no water. That's where I came from. I came from literally nothing, like the dirt, the bottom, and, and made it out. Like I'm, so I told my whole world today. He was like, he said, "I see you gonna let nobody stress you out because it was a little situation earlier." And I like, oh well. He like, you know, I like, bro, I went through hell and back. I ain't get all this money to be stressed out. <laughs> like we gonna live life for the rest of the life because, bro, to to see to have a dream. To state your dream, to tell people you finna follow your dream, to follow the dream and then make the dream come true. It's a flying rocket, bro. A I can't even explain how, how blessed I am. Like, I wake up every day knowing I'm blessed and I thank God for this blessing. Like, some people, like, when they when life be going good, they just stop praying and they just start just 
living life and then when stuff gets tough, they'll start back trying to pray. I wake up every day and pray about this. I, I pray all through my day, like, because sometimes it don't feel real. Like, when I first got rich, I had to check my account, like, every day just to believe that it was real. I couldn't believe it. Real bro, talk. I feel like I do the same shit, bro. Bro, I be, I, got that. Like, I be getting government, like, sometimes uh, when they when they would send out the help to, to help you out with the whole COVID relief, I get, yeah. like, like, 700, 500. I'm like, oh, shit, that shit real? What the fuck? You know what I'm saying? So I get it. So I know, oops. I know, bro, as soon as I touch, like, 100K, I'm, I'm going I'm to I'm look every five. Like, You're going to be looking. Yeah, yeah, I'm telling you, if I got, I got, I had, bro. I was getting so many chicks. There was like two hundred thousand, four five. I was the it, it was blowing my mind. Like I got a I got a call when they do like check your email. You got some money in your email. I had like a hundred fifty thousand dollars in my email just waiting on me to accept. I'm like, bro, check another email. That's fifty thousand dollars just sitting there on top of what I'm already making and getting and got. I'm like, why you sleeping? Why you sleeping? You just made a sixty k. You know, waking up. So let's 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 talk more on the music life. Um, how's tour life been like with you, man? Like, what's um, what's that situation been? And and then one after that is what's been your favorite city to not only tour at but to perform at? Where it's just you know, and if, if and it's not gonna sound biased if you want to say your own city because I, I understand. Nah, 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 nah. Yeah. So, so uh, I mean, that's the life. best. The road is the best for me. Yeah. I can clear my mind. I can get my mind right. Like, when I be at home, I got a big house, and I live alone. So when I'm at home, I be thinking about too much. I be a million thoughts running through my head. I can't really vibe good. When I'm on that road, doing what I love to do, rapping, I, I like, I, I'm, a, I'm a sightseer. I like to see, I want to see the whole world. So when I'm traveling and getting to see different cities, different states, different everything, that's that's my, that's my comfort zone. On the planes, five plane trips. On a plane five times a week, I love, I love, I love the busy life. I love the go life. I love to be city to city, state to state. I love it. So then to hit the stage in these different cities and see how many cities really know you and rocking with you, that's like the biggest blessing in the world to walk on a stage and way up north somewhere and you don't even never been here before, but they know your music and they know who you are. They taking pictures with you, so I love it. And I gotta say, my favorite city I'd have been to gotta be Baltimore, man. I love Baltimore. Yeah, man. Shout out to DMV. Shout out to DMV. The DM, hey, the DMV show hella love. Like, yeah. I love it. Like, it's like when I was growing up, The Wire was my favorite, the first TV series show that I fell in love with. So that's my favorite. To this day, The Wire is still my favorite series from HBO. Like, not from HBO, but just like in general, the, the Wire was my favorite show. So watching the Wire all them years, I never got to go to Baltimore. So when I finally got there, I was like, "Oh, where they shot the Wire?" And my partner, he already from there. He he uh he wasn't out there at the time. I uh, my comedian homeboy. He he called his homeboy and told him like, "Hey, HD in Baltimore, pull up on him." Now you gotta understand. This last year, I'm like the hottest person in the world. I ain't got no security, nothing. Yeah. I left my manager at the room. I'm I'm riding around. I'm riding around just me and my me and my me and my homeboy partner. I don't even know him. Yeah. He taking me through the whole city. We just turning up, having fun. 
You know what I'm saying? And then later on that night, I had two concerts. So I went to the first concert. It was at a college, NCCU, in the daytime. And then we had another concert with Dirk and 42 Doug that night. Crazy concert. It was like the best feeling in the world. I came out right before uh, Dirk. Man, that was so much love, bro. So Baltimore. I love Baltimore. Let's let's get back to to your family life. How 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 was your your parents or what was your mom's thoughts on when you were like you know what I I'm pursuing this music career I want to do rap you know I, I, was she with that did she support you obviously she's your mom she's gonna support you in every way but did she support the type of music you chose to make rap music or how was that like I say man my mama knew I was a gangster when I was a kid so she just respected it like they let me curse. Like I curse, I've been cursing since forever. Like I don't, I don't disrespect people when I curse. I just curse a lot. So my mama already knew. Like she knew what's up with me. So I told her what I wanted to do for for a living. She respected it. They ain't get in my way. They ain't bother me. I ain't had no curfews, no nothing. I'm outside all night. It, I was about ten. I I'm outside all night. I never had a curfew. I was a grown man since I was a kid. Like it might sound crazy, but. I carried myself like a grown man when I was a kid. So my mama always knew. Like I say, I was paying bills in my mama's house when I was 10. So it was always a respect. My mama didn't look at me like a, a little kid. She looked at me like a, a, a grown boy. And I was the man in the house a lot of times because my daddy had get, my daddy had bad gambling problems and bad drinking problems. So I'm the oldest out of five, so I, I was left to be the man in the house a whole lot of times. And I used to rap about everything I was going through. And they, my mom used to cry. I used to make songs. They used to make my mom and grandma and them cry. Because everything I've been went through in life, I've been putting it in a song. I always put all my life stories in the songs. All my life. It's all, I, I used to be like, the, I used to be like the, the smaller version of Boosie. The way Boosie rap all that pain in life, real life stories, I was the exact same person on the lower level. So... My mom's always respecting my, you know, what I did. They ain't never, they ain't never, like, I ain't gonna say they ain't really supported or nothing like that. They just let me do me. Like, I didn't want nobody support. I just want let, let me do me. Like, I ain't want nothing from nobody. Just let me do me. And my mom used to always fuss because I used to watch the Temptations every single day. <laughs> and she be like, you can't keep taking over the TV every day watching that damn Temptations movie. I'm like, man, it's my, it's my movie, though. And, like, when I, once I signed the Motown, my mama texted me. She was like, "I remember I used to push at you all the time by watching that damn movie." <laughs> now you're with them. So, now I'm with now I'm with them. So it's crazy. It's crazy how things work. So you're sitting there right now, getting signed by Motown. What's going on in your head? Is it blank thoughts? Like you're just like, I want to get it over with, or do you have a, a bunch of things? Are those old things like, man, I used to watch the Temptations. I used to while you're in the Motown studios because that's. Hey, when I first see the thing is this, I had fourteen labels calling me. Fourteen labels calling one day, trying to sign me. But in the midst of all that, I had already been on the phone with APG for like four months. I had been on the phone with Motown for like a month, and the deal was a, a different number. Like they was trying to give me a single deal, seventy five thousand dollars. That's it. And we gonna see where this goes. So in the midst of us trying to get the deal raised up and, and the numbers right, I'm at the point like I'm like, let's go and take the single deal. 
since they don't want to give him no no real deal, I'm like, I ain't gonna trip. But then I was like, you know what? I done made it this far without no deal. I done ran up like a quarter million dollars off of just street, like doing shows in a, with no deal, in, independent. So, in the midst of us talking about that, I went viral with a song that wasn't even supposed to be coming out yet. <laughs> so, when the song went viral, it went from that to, oh, let's give him an M. I'm like, all right, yeah, let's, get, let's get right. So, it took me a whole month to sign a deal because we was just going over a lot of stuff. It was a lot going on. And I was like, bro. I'm exhausted. I want to get this over with. Let me just go on and get my first deal out the way. I'm, I'm, I want to sign. Like I, I ain't. I'm, I'm, I'm 31 years. I was 31 at the time. I'm like, bro. I worked my whole life to sign a major deal. So you got people here. Stay independent. Do that. Do that. I was like, man. I'm doing what I want to do. Like I want to be with a major label. I want to see how it feels. Maybe I don't want to stay here forever, but I want to experience being signed to a major deal. And that's what I did. I signed me a major deal. So I can always go and say I signed a major deal before. You know what I'm saying? And uh, that's something that you took. You said you took a month to, to figure it out. And it's it's something you know you really thought of it. Most art, and I'm glad you did that. We we talked about this in this interview because I want other artists to see this before they sign their deal. You know what I'm saying? Because um, it's for you to really sit there and be and, and you got seven. I know seventy thousand seems like a lot, but to you right now, bro, seventy thousand probably ain't. You know, it, it's it's something that you probably got hidden, tucked somewhere. Yeah, I got that tucked off. I just yeah, put it on a chain. You, yeah, you know. So it's just like it, it's the power of standing up for yourself, bro. And I'm, I I love hearing that because you didn't settle for less, dude. You really went and was like, no, I need more. And you took some time. Like I'll take this deal, and you were able to 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 learn it. Uh, calculated in your brain what it'll lead to, and it just became a fucking avalanche, bro. It just, uh, what do you call hey, it? Yeah, they told. Look, they say, they say, oh, we're gonna give a million dollar deal. I'm like, and I had a million dollars sitting up for a month, and I ain't even. I was, I wouldn't. I was happy to have it there, but I'm like, maybe I can get two. <laughs> hey, why not, bro? Maybe that two can turn to four. You know? Yeah, you know. So I'm just thinking. It's like. Once I knew it was that my time was here, I was comfortable. I wasn't anxious to do nothing. I wasn't. I was ready, but I wasn't anxious. I was like, "Oh man, I, all this hard work." But then and you got to think about it. My song was steady, getting bigger and bigger. So I'm like, "I can't. It ain't no losing from here. I gotta win." You know what I'm saying? So. And it's a classic where it's always gonna be played no matter what. Like it's not. It's a classic, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I. So let, let's talk like let's let's get into some uh, some other stuff. What what are you trying to venture into next? You you doing? Uh, uh right now I'm in the, I'm in the process. Shoes? Yeah, I got my, I got my own line. I got my own clothing line. Well, I got my own record label. It's called Outwork the Race. OTR. Okay. We pushing it through the streets. Um, uh, I got a I got a uh a distro deal. They trying to give me some bread to put behind my artists. I got two. I got a male and a female. I'm uh finna push. Coming soon. Uh, get them turned up. Go get us a bag. Get my label imprint. Go get me a bag. Another bag. Get this pub deal finished. Get another bag. Oh, I'm on that money train next year. See, I took a year to learn it. 
most rappers don't, most artists don't learn the music business. They jump in there, they spend their little money on real fans, and they complain about, oh, label this, label that. No, learn what you're doing. Of course, you're gonna make some mistakes. I, I, I invested a hundred thousand dollars that I didn't make that back, but it was a learning experience for me. I accomplished something. I, I learned something from the situation, so it's like I don't look at it as a loss. It was a learning experience, and I got this knowledge, and I and I got more. I got I got something about the deal. Like I hit billboards. Like hey, you know it is what it is. So. Oh, um, you know what I'm saying? I just took time to learn this and really study what it what how the business part worked. Like I seen a post earlier say, love music, learn the music industry, you know, learn the music business, and then finesse the music industry. I seen it earlier. It said, love the music, learn the business, and then finesse the industry. <laughs> and that's really what you gotta do. Because the industry going to finesse you if you don't know how to finesse it. And if, if I could throw that out there since we're, uh, we're to on this topic, uh, uh, all, all you need to know about the music industry by Daniel S. Passman. Like, that's a book I definitely recommend. Like, Who is, right what there, it's called? Uh, all you need to know about the music industry, it's by Daniel S. Passman. I believe it's, it's that or or learning about the music industry. It's, it's supposed to, it's called the the... The music industry bible i'm, I'm gonna uh, check that out i need to check yeah, that out the author is daniel s passman p-a-s-s man you know, okay i'm gonna check it out because like, i like i said i've been learning a lot the way he does his book hd he does it where you can read it as a manager he'll section out on the in the beginning he'll be like all right this is you want to be a manager you got to go to page this oh is, yeah that's what you want to be an artist you got to go this is for the artists you got to go to and so on and so forth. Now, if you want to do it all, which I see you're doing it, yeah. I would love to just read the book through and through. You know what I'm saying? Just because that's what I'm doing. I'm reading the book through and through because... Yeah, I want to read artist, it. But I want to... Yeah, so it's, uh, I believe it's what you need to know or all or what you need to know about the music industry. There's different um, editions, but the, they come back in, in years. It's like Grand Theft Auto, bro. Like It's like four... Yeah, yeah, years, yeah, yeah. So, the last one they made was, I believe, 2018. So they'll be, I'm sure they'll make a newer one. Like yeah, like when it, whatever going on at the time. But yeah. Yeah. So, but bro, he in 18, it talks about a lot Spotify, Apple Music, TuneCore, CD Baby, all that shit. So, man, yeah, man, I was learning all that. Yeah. That's, that's the most important. Everybody thinks they're a rapper, everybody are artists. They don't know the first step of really doing this. Like, I made a quarter million dollars with Sparta Distribution before I ever signed the deal. I made a, a hundred fifty thousand with DistroKey before I ever signed the deal. So, and I did this independently. Nobody put no money behind me. Nobody put nothing behind me. I put everything behind me. That's all you. Yeah, so I already they beat the odds. So now I'm trying to help these upcoming artists do the same. But they want to focus on this and this and that and not focus on actually doing the music boy. <laughs> See, that's why I'm glad we did this interview because you, you gave another perspective. You said, yeah, this looks fancy, but you got to kind of have this first when you get your buzz. But you got to already, you don't get this first. You got Yeah, you don't get this first. Yeah. Then once you see that you become a serious artist, then you go and get you one of these. You go. You get, and 
So now that we saw it from that perspective, I thought that's a wonderful way to look at it, bro, because people have been working backwards, bro. They've been working backwards. My, man, look, my homeboy, my homeboy just got a bust down AP. I'm like, I ain't, I, 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 he, he needed me, he needed, he needed me to look at the cash on my account because he had cash. So I went to my account and I got the bread and I put it in his hand. I'm like, Ugh. I don't want to see you do this, but I can't tell nobody how to spend their money. And he went got the bus down AP and I'm like, boy, I could have used that money for something else. But, you know, you live once too. So if you want to blow it, blow it. I ain't going to. This the thing about me. I'm gonna give you my advice on what you should do, but I ain't never gonna tell you what to do. But I, like I say, I, I, I've been learning, so you know what I'm saying. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm very excited about how 2023 finna be for me, and and whoever on my, whoever on my team in 2023 gonna win. Like, we going next level. Like, the Bob 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 stuff was cool, but they finna see. The real HD twenty twenty three. You have to open the door somehow. You know what I'm saying? So it's. I opened the door. I, I I studied the game. I learned a lot. Now I'm just putting all my pieces, puzzles, you know, pieces to the puzzle. But I'm coming with a team this time. See, my problem last time I did it on my own. Like all this, everything you seen around the world of me last year, it was all me. I had no team. I had no team. So I'm coming back this time with a team. You know what I'm saying? I, I ran my own social media. I did every. I ran I, all that stuff that went viral. I, I was doing it from my phone. Okay. I never had nobody, no team of people working nothing for me. I worked everything myself. Like this time, I'm coming with a team. Try to be sharp with it. You know what I'm saying? I went did 250 shows in a pandemic off of Instagram. I never got with no agency. Every rapper gets with agencies and stuff to do this. I did it off Instagram. When they, when them people talk to me, they like you did it by yourself. I'm like, yeah. They're like, how? Like every artist got to go through these agencies. I'm like, I never did. They're like, bro, that's something special. Like you don't understand how much work you had to put in to do that. I'm like, I feel like I'm just having fun. Like I'm just work. I'm just doing what I like to do. It's because your your music. I'm telling you, positive. Shooting, dying, and all that music is cool. It's, it'll be buzzing for a little bit. But if you listen to the real type of hip hop, that like a Tribe Called Quest, uh, yeah, yeah, one, um, uh, Diggable Planets, you know stuff like that. Their music can can stand the test of time because they were making people dance, having a right, time, right, outcast, right. you know all that. They're, your music is like it's gonna stand the test of time because. A gangster can listen to your music. A wife yeah. can listen to your music. A white lady can listen to your music. A little uh, a baby can listen to your music, and all do the same dance movement. And it's it's there's no shame or no nothing. Like a gangster be like, oh yeah, yeah. So it's it, you make that type of music, bro. So of course, like we need that as as humans, we need music that's gonna keep us awake, but also keep us like energetic and happy and. We're at the gym. We got to bump some HD. We're, we're about to start a football game. We got to bump some HD. You know what I'm saying? We got to, uh, whatever it is, you keep people like, like packed and stuff. And I feel like you, that's a supply and demand. You keep giving people what they want. And that's why you're, you're getting so many blessings because you're doing that hard work, bro. So um, we're, we're, we're getting towards the end of the interview. 
and I never like to end the interview without asking this question, and I feel this is very vital, because this yeah. is you, bro. You're not a rapper, you're not an engineer, producer, nothing, you don't want to be in the industry, you know, none of that shit, you're not getting paid for going viral, nothing, bro. You're just a regular person. Not that you're not a regular person now, but you just don't have the glitch, you don't have to, you know, go on tour, you don't have to do interviews, you, don't, you know what I'm saying? Uh -huh. like, what would you be doing? I would be an astronaut. Yeah. Okay. I like that. I like That's that. my. Uh, yeah. Speak on it. I love. I love. I like. I like history, okay. and I like science, and I like. I like this type of stuff. So, I, when I was a kid, I was like, I'm gonna be a rapper or astronaut. Rapper, astronaut. But I used to study science so to the T, and like the history books, I studied it. Like, I remember being in class, people were paying attention, and I was paying attention. So when, when, when Boulay Kev asked me out the blue, like, what, when was the Declaration of Independence? I'm like, 1776. You're like, how you just do it off the top of your head? I'm like, bro, I paid attention in school. Like, what was y'all doing when the teacher was teaching? Like, what? I get mad when they don't be knowing the history. Like, a, like a lot of stuff they don't be knowing the history of. And I be getting so mad because I'm like, bro, why wasn't y'all paying attention in school? Like, I just but love it. I don't know. Did you did you ever see that interview Little Wayne did on VH1 uh, behind the music? And he was like, they were asking him, so how uh, how was it that you were so you were straight A? Because he was a straight A student. Yeah, I was straight A student too. You yeah, so she was the, the lady was asked, how was it that you were a straight A student and and you were so good at music and you're so smart and this and that and and like what was your techniques to what was your technique? And he was like, man. If you if you see the back of the book, and it's true, the back of the math book, he said it, he was like, if you go to the back of the math book, it tells you right there how to do the how to do the problems exactly. Maybe it won't be the same numbers, but it's just numbers. Yeah, yeah. That's it. The fourteen is a thirteen instead, you know. But it, I was like, bro, Wayne taught me how to graduate. <laughs> hey, real talk, it's always in the back of the book every time. It always is. It's always yeah. So, so I believe it, man. Louisiana folks, y'all. Y'all knowledge is so strong that us, us like you know, California people from LA, city people and stuff, we need that around us because the knowledge that y'all can give us. That's why New York's music is so hot too because the knowledge they can give us from yeah. different sections. You know, I love learning about the South, so I love listening to South music. I love learning about East Coast, so you know, so on and so forth. And the West, obviously, I'm here, so I listen. So it, it's just yeah, like you say, but I study, I study everything, like. I study, bruh, I'm so into music. I, when I listen to a song, I don't just listen to the song. I need to know what year this song was made, um, who was the writers, who put... I be knowing random stuff. Like, I know the emotions, the emotions made Best of My Love in 1978. Like, I be knowing stuff like that. Oh, Marvin Gaye did this and this and there. Well, yeah, Gerald of Her died and this year, but he made it. I just be knowing the most random hey, stuff. Tell me why I feel like when we kick it, bro, you gonna be like... We're gonna hear a song you're gonna fun fact. <laughs> this song is like I love it, bro. Look, it happened all the time. Look, my home. We RP to my partner Jay Dirty. Okay. We riding on the sprinter van, headed to a concert, like this is about four or five years ago. And we was they was arguing with me over when um Juvenile dropped the uh the G Code album. Okay. And he was like no, he dropped this, that, and that, that, that. I'm like, no, bro, I'm telling you. First it was this, it was that, it was, and they was arguing me down. I'm like, 
Now this song came out like, bro, no. This came out in 98 because that came out in 99. I remember, like yesterday. And he, they went and looked it up. And the song they were talking about, it came out in 98, like I said. And it was like, how you knew that? You was only eight years old from there. I like, bro, I can remember. I remember the t- I remember things, but I, I remember times by by Yeah, I remember the events. I I know exactly what I was doing when he came out and where I was and what I was just be knowing. So he was trying to argue me down. I'm like, no, because in '98 I had we got the CD from such and such, and I, and when I came home I was playing blah blah blah, and they was like, bro, you was eight years old. I'm like, yeah, I remember those because that was my favorite rapper. So I can remember from 1997. Up to right now, when Juvenile dropped each album, and what I was doing when I went when I went bought the album, because I bought all I bought all the albums. I remember 2005 when he dropped the Get Your Hustle On and with the Reality Check. I remember what I was doing it. I was riding my fucking daddy Mustang, playing that CD, and I had a, I had a, I had a, a a blue Thunderbird in 2005. Now, around you, me, I was 15 then, but I remember I had a blue Thunderbird. And I used to play reality check in in my Thunderbird, and I know exactly what year it was. It was right around 05 and 06, because Rodeo came out. I just remember everything like that. I I, I based my life off dates, but I re, I remember the, the music from them days. Like when Candy Girl came out and like stuff like that, I can remember how much I used to play the song Candy Girl so much. Like that was my favorite song as a kid. Candy Girl. I could never stop playing that song when I was a kid. When Prince dropped that. In 2004, Prince dropped that song, Call My Name. This can't stop writing songs. About. I know it came out in 2004 because I remember without it's my brain. Like, I can't even explain how this shit stuck in my brain. So, how do you feel knowing that your music does the same thing for people? Like, oh, yeah, I remember this song because that's like, I heard it when I was like fixing my dad's fucking. Yeah, like. <laughs> or you know, something like that. How does that make you feel as an a, a, a artist, not just a fan no more? No, it's a. I'm tell. It's like it's like a blessing, bro. Like when I see, I meet people and they be crying to meet me. And it's like if if it, it be messing me up, like I be want to, I be want to cry. <laughs> you know, I be. It's it, 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 it's really touching to see somebody. Yeah, bro. Like um, a, 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 this girl I'm cool with. She, actually, I used to record music with her. She sing or whatever. So once I ended up blowing up, her daughter. Didn't know that me and her mama knew each other, so she kept telling her daughter like, "I know HD. I used to record at HD house." She was like, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, mama, you don't know HD. You don't know HD." So for her birthday, she asked her what she want for her birthday. This her daughter said, "Cause she like she like thirteen. She like I don't want no nothing. I, all I want, I want to meet HD." And I was like, "That's true." Yeah, she, she texted me. She like. HD, my girl, my little baby said she don't want nothing for Christmas. I mean, for her birthday, just to me too. And I pulled up and man, look, I, we couldn't even take a picture because she was crying. So, like she left tears on my shoulder from crying. And I'm like, dog, I'm just a regular old dude. <laughs> and then I was at the um Superdome, at the Superdome. Okay, yeah. And um, I had a uh, I had to perform with, I had to perform with. Yeah, you know. I'm sorry, that's your guys' feel, right? Yeah. Just to clarify. I had, clarify. Yeah, I had to perform with LSU. I mean, I had to perform with Southern University okay. at this event called the Bayou Classics. So we out there, we back, we back in the building. 
and I think we ordered like some drinks or something. And the woman who was who was giving out the drinks, she seen me, and she was like, an older woman. She was like, ooh, about fifty some years old. Older lady, like 56, 57 years old. And she was like, can I get a picture with you? And I'm like, sure, you can get a picture. Man, I took that picture with that woman. She started crying. She was like, I got to meet HD for president. I'm like, bro, you like almost 60 years old. That, I, could, I, I thought about that the rest of my day. Like, bro, this old lady crying because she met. I didn't even think she knew who I was. And then her um her 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 her, grand, her grandkid her grandchild hit me up on Instagram like a week later like you made my grandma all day she can't stop talking about she made too she got the picture and everything I was like bro you never know who you might be touching in this world bro true that's very true and and my mom always said uh, that's why you have to be kind to everybody because you don't know what they're going through somebody could be angry by you being nice to them. You probably just change their whole perspective on everything uh, by you being kind to somebody. Who change their whole mood. Yeah, who felt maybe this person felt like nobody loved him, but by you being kind to them, you made them feel like, damn, this person don't know me and they love me. Maybe you know somebody else does really love me, you know. So it's dope that you were able to do that for her at, at any age, man. And I feel like um, I don't know, man. Those the old folks when they when they love your music and they get. A certain way around you I feel like and that's no offense to any other age gap but I feel like when the old folks do it it's much more like it, it's much more to the heart because you're like damn it's like, genuine these old, these old folks they, they they always talk bad about music or rap or whatever but they can listen to my music and love it it's a rap <laughs> you know what I'm saying Yo, hey. HD uh, thank you oh I'm sorry go ahead go ahead brother nah I was gonna say that I wanted to say thank you so much for your time, man. And, and before we head off, is there any shows you got locked in? Anything you, you want to throw out there to let people know? Because we're going to have this. We're going to upload this. We're going to put it out there so people can come see you in your future shows. Or Right now, I currently shut down all my shows. I did so many shows. For two years straight, I have I never had one all weekend to last weekend. So I cut everything off. Like I said, come back, new team. Uh, we finna go on tour. We had a date coming soon. We ain't got nothing set up yet, but be on the lookout. OTR, I'll work the rest. Be on the lookout. I'm down to wear some OTR. In my I, I, hey, send me an address. I'm gonna see you some man, first. So if, if you got a 2x for me, I, I love to. I got you, man. You gotta send me a send me an address. We'll do. And we gonna get it over there. We'll do, man. I'm gonna uh, link up with you on Instagram. I'm gonna follow you. We're gonna. Uh, I love. Um, Interviewing uh, humble folks who, who really care about this, you know what I'm saying? Three, yeah. three always lets me, um, and if they find an artist for me to interview, I always get to decide and do my homework and choose if I want to do the interview mm -hmm. or decline it, you know? And, you know, it's, it's just a blessing every time three links me up with, with an artist that I can feel is going to be here five, six, seven, because I don't want to interview nobody that five, six years from now, they're not going to do this shit no more. They're going to be yeah, here. Yeah. It's like, and that's no offense to them. It's just, yo, I want people, I do these interviews because I know for a fact, five, six years, you're going to blow up. You're going to get, well, you already blown up, but when you get more. Nah, I ain't blew up yet. I'm still going. You right? You said it right? Yeah. I'm going to so, blow up. Yeah. Exactly. I'm going up to a drink now. Watch it. Just watch me. I believe it, man. You already manifested where you are now. So where I was going with this is, I just know that 
your interviews are going to be limited. People are barely going to be able to... Yeah, they'll be able to look back at yeah. Wayne told Drake one time, don't do any more interviews and shit. You know what I'm saying? And Drake <laughs> stopped doing the interviews. So I know when it gets to that point, you got to be like that because you got to continue to leave a mystery. Yeah, yeah, you, gotta, you can't let them know everything you got. Whether it's two, three years old, four years old, this video that we're uploading now, I want people to be like, yo, I know HD for real, bro. Like, yeah. Which I know him as, as just viral sensation. No, I knew where he, how he grew up, what got him into music because of that interview he did with that dude Steve Demar, you know. And if I blow up and get successful, it'd be like, yo, you seen that? We'd Steve be able to look back and be like, hey, this right here, yeah. So it just becomes one of those. So um, before we go, I just want to say thank you, bro. Like for us, it's been an honor to interview you. Um, I hope we can get another interview with you, you know, later on once you come back with the new team and get the OTR. Out, you know, out there and get your own shots and stuff. Like, I would love to have another interview so we can talk about that and, you know what I mean, get get more things going, man, because you're a good person, bro, and I know you, you're you in hip-hop to help people. You're not in hip-hop for yourself. You did, nah. What did Wayne say? I did it for myself a long time ago. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm in it for the people, bro. I want to see everybody, everybody win. I, the thing with me, I want to see. I was at the barbershop yesterday, and one of my homeboys, he had blew up big in Louisiana, like in like 2012. Okay. And he kind of like died down around 2016, and I got faith in him though. I like he, he we, cause we the same age, and he kind of like you know what I'm saying lost his buzz, but he still got it. And I'm just in the barbershop explaining to them why he still got it, and they like, you very passionate about this. I'm like. Yeah, because I know I'm winning, but I want to see everybody else win too. So I ain't no selfish person who just want to see myself win. Yeah, because you kind of see yourself in him. You know, in him. So yeah. Would, you would hope the next man would want to see you win, and I get that. When you, it, it, I know it's not always like that, but when you push out that positivity and you push out good in life, it's gonna come back to you. You know what I'm saying? Right. Just like when you push out angry, negative shit. You're going to catch yourself running into red lights every fucking time. You know what I'm saying? Thanks. So it, it's dope. And I thank you for continuing to inspire people. Uh, I'm all about the youth. So I thank you for inspiring our children, bro. Giving them hope. They love your music in schools. You know, I see the TikTok videos. They play your songs in the dances. And, you know, it's, it's a wonderful thing, bro. So I, I pray you continue to make music that that gives people hope and inspiration. Because that's the only way hip hop is going to continue succeeding, bro. You know what I'm saying? Is if we keep trying to build and, and, and grow and add knowledge to this, keep telling these people how they can get rich instead of just bragging about how rich you are. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I love yeah. that you do that. So much love, man. Respect you. Uh, and three, man. Any last words, bro? Oh, no, man. Hey, I appreciate you, bro. Man, I appreciate y'all. Anytime y'all need me, hit me, man. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year's, y'all. Enjoy y'all family time. Merry Christmas, yes, sir. Thank you, man. Much love and respect. Thank you, AC. For the show. Yeah. All right, y'all. There we had it, man. The, there we had it. There we have it. <laughs> Such a great interview, three. Like, man, bro. I know it's good to take gaps and time away from doing interviews because you get to miss it more and get more enthusiastic. As opposed to most people who do interviews every week, it kind of becomes like a job. This never feels like a job because I get to meet great people like that, 
inspiring artists who I know are, are in this shit for real. You know what I'm saying? Who really want to add on to this. So, uh, once again, I know we said it already, but I want to say thank you again to HD for president. May you have a long, strong, prospering career. Continue to have one because you've already been having one. Uh, thank you for blessing us with your presence. All the supporters, all the listeners, all the viewers, we thank y'all for tuning in every time we do an episode. Every time, even uh, when we upload the videos, we thank y'all for, for watching, commenting, showing love. Uh, down below, comment, you know, what, who's the next artist you want us to hear. We're going to check them out. If we rock with them, you know, we definitely be able to put them on. But even artists out there, you know, please don't feel like you have to be verified or famous or, or you know, on, on, on certain levels like HD or Love Ghost or Baby Africa, who we recorded. We want to record, we want to interview anybody who has talent who wants to do something with their music career. And if we can help open a certain door for you, I'm definitely going to do that. Like I tell everybody, I'm an artist myself. And, you know, not everybody was opening doors for me. Not everybody was helping me. Three was the only one who was really, you know, putting in the work to get people to know who I am as not only an artist, but, you know, a, as, a, as a human being, you know. Let them know, like, Steve DeMar has a face. He's not just this rapper. He has a face. He adds to this. He adds the interviews, this and that. So I'm here to do my part. And my part is to get artists to, to listen to hip-hop from everywhere, all regions, R&B. So whatever you do, please send your music send your music to LAUnlockOfficial at gmail.com. And we will listen. We, have, we also have people on the roster that listen to the music and will do write-ups for you, do interviews for you. If your song is hot, that's all we're going to go off. You ain't got to, you know, spend millions or thousands on us to get promo. Send us your music. If it's hot, we're going to go from there. Once again, y'all, your boy Steve DeMar. Shout out your boy Anthony on the track. You know what it is, man. Yeah. Ellie on lock. Yeah!